circle podcast this is andy this is forrest and we're excited to have you guys back and the man 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 episode five number five crazy episode number five and man i don't know about you i'm a little worn out today after just got a little workout in and just kind of settled into the chair here and yeah a little bit worn out so i've been uh i think i might have told you a little bit about it but i decided to start doing because they opened up the apartment gym so i have my apartment gym that you know is it's what it is you know it's an apartment gym very basic but then i have my crossfit gym that's been open for you know a few months now so i decided to start doing two workouts a day and this is really coming up on the first full week of doing it and man it uh it hit me when i got home tonight from the real gym sat down on this couch i was like man i'm tired oh yeah but it's a good tired it's not like a because there's a difference between the tireds that I feel when I'm just kind of like, like I don't want to do anything, and the tired yeah. that I feel when I like an accomplished. You know, I feel like I really gave this my all, and now I'm gonna rest. Yeah, no, like you'll feel fine tomorrow. It's not like mm-hmm. you're a stressed out kind of tired where it just wears on you for days. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that. I mean, a couple months ago we were talking about. We're probably not going to be able to go back to a gym, and it's you know, been a but, long road. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of, I still really haven't been back to a gym. I ended up, I've got kettlebells and dumbbells and all that stuff, and I kind of really did more body weight stuff. I've not ever been really a big, like, power lifter, um, but I kind of still just do that stuff at home, do a lot of body weight stuff, but. I don't know. Maybe I should get back into lifting some bigger things. It kind of depends on what your goals are, you know. I mean, it's for you. I know because you're a marathon runner, you know, or a trail runner, I should say. I don't think you've done yeah, any road really. marathons, but you're running marathon distances in the woods, you know. And like, I'm a good bit uh, bigger than bigger than you when it comes to like muscle size and probably a lot of fat as well (laughs) um but i mean you can just run circles around me for hours and i just that's that's one thing you have to consider i know you we've talked about before is if you are wanting to bulk up a little bit you'll see differences pretty quickly on how not just your mile time but how far you can run because just it just wears on you so much quicker Mm mm-hmm like, I mean, I can knock out a mile pretty quickly, pretty easily, but uh, once, uh, I mean, you can feel it, though, a lot more than when I was lighter, I'd say that. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. I, you follow that uh, that Nick Bear guy on any social media. I've anything. heard of him. I, I don't know if I follow him. I've, I watch some of his, uh, his YouTube videos sometimes because it used to be that he – would pop up as like a, a lifter and he owns some kind of like supplement company. Yeah. But his new thing is he's gotten into like Ironmans and mm. running road marathons and stuff. And this dude's like, you know, jacked, ripped, all all the things, probably weighs 220. I don't know how he's running but, marathons but, but, that kind but of way. This guy runs 
6.30 pace marathons. I, I don't understand how he's doing that, that kind of weight. And he also, I mean, he apparently trains like, you're talking about two days. He'll wake up, run seven miles. Yeah, I'm assuming that's his go job. Go to work. You know, his, his job, air quotes, job. He's the CEO of his own supplement company. Yeah. Which I'm sure is very busy and he works really hard but yeah. he also has access to his own personal gym i'm sure he's and, got a gym at his office or warehouse whatever yeah, i think the they've got a gym is. they've got a gym there so he'll like do a running workout go do a lift and then sometimes even do another workout at night but that's I just don't, insane like, that numbers, lifestyle though, at 220 i mean that's i mean have you ever picked up 220 pounds let me look and see because like that's that's just so much weight to move i mean i'm sure he's doing i'm not you know calling him a liar or anything but that's just like that's that's crazy that he's able to run a marathon at 220 pounds and he run at 630 he ran i'm a little bit off on weight okay so okay. three months ago he posted a video one mile run pr at 194 pounds he ran it in four minutes and 53 seconds okay that's that's a little bit more reason i mean that's still insane like that's an insane mile pace yeah like a 450 450 mile is he ran an 1829 5k so that's that's pretty quick let me do some math on that that's probably about a six or so minute mile it is a 5.78 minute mile. 5.78. Wow. That's fast. That first time, though, four minutes and, what would you say, 35 seconds? 4.53. 4.53. Um, that's just a full-on sprint. Yeah. I Which, I that kind of makes more sense, because I, I know who you're talking about now. That guy is jacked to the gills. So... I mean, that's a pretty insane cardiovascular to be able to sprint that for that long at that pace. But I can definitely see him being a really fast guy. He's going to have a lot of explosive strength. But, I mean, being able to maintain that for a mile is really impressive. Yeah, he, uh, he gets after it for sure. I'm about to start paying more attention to him, watch what he's doing, because I could definitely make some improvements on my mile time and my uh, endurance. He definitely, I, I like watching his stuff about running, um, and he does kind of like a, I guess it would be like a vlog style videos, and he will show like what he eats in a day, and the dude yeah. starts, he eats like protein oatmeal with a, like he's, he mixes like some kind of green powder, which is like, probably like a, a wheatgrass kind of powder. Like a wheatgrass with some terrible. kind of with some kind of like beet powder so he's got his greens and reds and then he takes like all these other like you know he's also doing a video to advertise for his brand so take it all with that's something i want to read more print. into i know we're going to be focusing more on lifting today but i've been reading and just seeing a lot of talk about beet powder recently I don't know if you've been paying attention to this. I've, I've kind of seen a few like things about it, but I, I was going to ask if you knew anything about that because I, like, I, I don't know what it's supposed to do, but I've just seen a lot of people talk about it, a lot of big names talking about it, like obviously Saul Bra is talking about it, 
Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Solbra's forty-seven dollar um, yeah. book for a minute. Um, His I, new book. I, I love. I, I'm not gonna say I love the guy because that's just I've never met on me. You know, he might be a dick in person, um, but he seems like a cool guy. He seems like he means well. He's really he's clearly knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. Like he's got a great physique. I'm not gonna sit here and say these things about him that he's not any of those things. Um, but my issue is it's not even the price. It's that it's an ebook. Like if he did a real hardcover book, you know, I I would maybe even consider it just because to support people in our community for one, because I know a lot of these guys are putting a lot putting their their neck out on the line a lot especially him more so he, he doesn't get too far crazy right-wing stuff but he is uh, to an extent you know there's a reason why he's an anonymous guy on Twitter he's not using whatever his name is you know at the end of the day but so if it was a hardcover book or even a paper cover I'd be a little bit more tempted to buy it but dude there's there's nothing you can justify for it a PDF for that much money. What is it? Forty-seven, sixty-five. Forty-seven. Forty-seven bucks is what I saw. Yeah, forty-seven which, bucks for a sixty-five page if somebody, PDF file. You know the marketing, or not really marketing, but like sales one hundred and one is if somebody will buy it, sell it to them. So well, my <laughs> thing is because there's a lot of other, you know, um, at least this new thing on Twitter is like to write your own book and become a little or become some sort of little independent publisher and so I'm going to plug them real quick I've, I've asked them to see if they would come on but the guy said he's just he doesn't want to yet because he's really putting his neck out on the line, line publishing some of these books um, but they're called Mystery Grove Publishing and they've uh, reprinted a bunch of old books and there's so one they're having they're not it's not original content they're having to buy the rights to these books buy the publishing rights and they're making physical copies of them like that they're shipping out like I have three of their books now and so the first one I bought was Storm of Steel which is you know it's about World War One and then the first and second book are about this guy named Peter Kemp and it's kind of like a it's, it's not really an autobiography but it's kind of an autobiography just about his time in different conflicts and but anyways these books they're paperback i have physical copies of them i'm looking at one right now on my bookshelf i i didn't pay more than 12 dollars for these things and they're one of them is like over 200 pages like it just i just if you don't give someone a real physical product it's it's very hard to justify a large price tag like that yeah and i, mean, it's, I think it's the, not like you're even getting like virtual cooking lessons or anything from either you know it's just a pdf file I went and picked up the. Uh, I've got the Meat Eater cookbook here. How much was that? And it's thirty-five dollars. Yeah, there you go. You uh, could. Uh... Here's something I thought about though. He is isn't he from Australia? He's from Australia. Maybe something about the conversion rate is maybe like forty-five dollars here is twenty dollars there. I don't know how much stuff costs. I don't know. There. May maybe <laughs> that may be it. But I don't you, know. I don't know what their economy looks like, but it's just it's just odd that he's that he's putting it out there that much for just an ebook. I'm sure he's got a lot of great recipes in there, um, but at the end of the day, man, forty forty seven bucks for a PDF file is, and it's it's not it's a re, it's a cookbook. It's not you know like this forbidden knowledge, you know. It's not like you're buying a first volume PDF 
file of like the lost sea scrolls or something like that you know yeah i don't know i don't want to go too much of a tangent on him great guy means well needs to do a little bit more market research next time that's uh, that's what i'll say well so i looked up just a quick google of beetroot powder okay i'm interested and it comes up with strengthens your heart health Increases exercise endurance, which I'd like to read more about. Ooh, okay. Um, reduces recovery time. Okay. Boost brain health. Improve digestion. Um, it's got, you know, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer. Seems like seems like all a pretty good, good thing that we should be taking if you're not already. Whoever's listening, um, like I said, I mean, I've been seeing it all over Twitter. So, I'm trying to grow are, some beets in my garden. That's what I would I'm love to grow to a beet. I'd love to grow anything, man. <laughs> oh, oh, my tomatoes are officially dead. By the way, oh, we talked mine, about that. Mine before. honestly kind of took. Since we talked about it last, mine kind of took off. Did they? I, they you, like man. doubled, and I went out there the other day, and I think it's because we've been getting so much rain, honestly, mm. and it, it's that like nice summertime where. It, you know, it'll rain in the evening, and then it'll rain again in the afternoon. So you get kind of like a double yeah. watering, and you're getting sun all at the same time. But nice. I've thought about, especially with, I mean, it's not coming anytime soon. But with winter coming up, trying to put some like root vegetables in there, like beets, radishes, uh, maybe trying some squash again. Those can handle. A little bit colder. You definitely do that. Um, a few more, maybe another month. Once we get to September, you can plant some spinach. That'll get going good. Eh, you might want to wait uh, a little yeah. bit longer. I'm gonna wait do. I will do. September. I will do some kale. Yeah, I know that it's gonna take over. So I'm kind of trying to make room. But kale and spinach, you can kind of wait till like the end of September when it gets, because it's it it doesn't like hot weather, but it loves the cold weather. So. I don't know. You might no, want to double check. I, I just last time I grew spinach, I grew it in the early spring, and it just blew up. It was awesome. So I pulled up some beetroot powder on Amazon, and this is BulkSupplements.com. It's a brand. They they're a pretty good brand. I've I've used some of their stuff before. Um, I know a lot of people can vouch for them. Everything I've seen and read that they're they're a really good brand. Uh, they're selling. You can buy 100 grams for 14.96. I don't know what a serving size is. Let's see. All right. Well, Amazon's not telling me what a serving size is, but I mean it's really cheap though. 100 grams. Um, I know when we talked about creatine. There we go. Serving size. Uh, so 100 grams is 100 servings. So 14 bucks for 100 servings, and you're getting all those kind of benefits that we that you just talked about. I mean, I feel dumb now for not taking this. Did, have you heard about anything what to mix it with or did you just shoot mm. it back it seems like I mean that guy that I was talking about it seems like he just kind of mixes everything together into a shake just one big shake and yeah. so like um, I don't know if he puts protein powder in there too you know his stuff I've looked at like the supplements that he sells and so he he has honestly a lot of like weird flavors like cotton candy, and then like his I don't like that shit. his power his power greens is like 
you know, lemon lime flavored, but it's got wheatgrass in it. And you're like, where are all these flavors coming from? Anyways, I, I feel like he probably mixes them together and they taste okay because they're mixed and they've got He's some probably kind of drank flavoring. so many that he doesn't even taste it anymore. But I, mean, I would think that you could probably just get like a like a vanilla or a chocolate protein shake and just mix all that stuff in there and just take it to the face. And I don't I don't know if I've ever ever eaten a beet before. What does a beet taste like? And and don't say a beet. I mean, is it like is it like bitter or like? <laughs> don't say a beet, but that's what a beet tastes like. Oh my god. Oh, uh, I don't even know how to describe. Is it bitter? I don't know. I would say like earthy is probably the best earthy? way, which doesn't sound great. I mean, it does. It just it, it just doesn't sound is great like, mixing it with a if you protein, but if it you don't sound cook bad. it enough, well, and that's just like a beet, like from the ground. I don't know yeah. what the powder would taste like. I mean, the powder may taste like dirt. Honestly, now that I think about it, it probably tastes like dirt. All right, I think we're gonna need to experiment with this though. I might buy some. Fifteen bucks. I mean, let's see what happens. Yeah, a beet. If you're just eating a beet, if you don't cook it enough, they're like hard. Yeah, they're like little. I don't. Maybe. So that's I'm thinking really of a radish now. I don't even know what I'm thinking about. Uh, now. Radishes are red on the outside and white in the middle. Oh beets. shit! Beets okay. are the ones that are like blood red. All yeah, the I was getting. I was kind of thinking of them both interchangeably. I still don't know what a beet tastes like. I also don't know what a radish tastes like. Both of those two vegetables just seem kind of odd to me growing up. Yeah, they're not something kids usually like. No, no. they don't. They don't look that. like a kid-friendly root. It's not like a carrot. Like a carrot, you know, has like that sweet, yeah, like crunch to it, and they're definitely not like that. Carrots are pretty solid. I think that a radish would probably be more. It wouldn't be. Do you think they make radish powder? It wouldn't be better, but it definitely has more. It more has like more of a bite to it. Radish powder. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. What's going on? I don't nothing. He just gets all worked <laughs> up. He he's woken himself up from a dream. He thinks this is real. Little little uh, intercession there by Moses the dog. Why don't you come Podcast over here? Brought you Why don't you come Moses? over here and sit down, bud? So the same company makes a radish extract too. Just if you're curious, can lower cholesterol, benefit gastrointestinal health, and potentially help reduce the recurrence of gallstones. So, you know, if you're into that stuff, get you some radish. I think I'll stick to the beet powder though. They have uh, on Amazon. They have a. This company is called Nature Vibe. Um, but you can get a dual pack for $20 and it's one pack of organic beetroot powder and one pack of organic moringa powder. I don't even, I've never even heard of that second one. Organic raw superfood. Should I have heard of moringos? A large tree native to North India goes by a variety of names such as drumstick tree, horseradish tree, or bin oil tree. <clears throat> Traditional herbal medicine. Hmm. I need to look at that one. And I've never heard of that either. This picture looks like people make bread out of it. 
think I'm just going to stick to my sourdough bread. Oh, yeah, dude. You've been making your own sourdough? Uh, Not yet, just out of a uh, convenience sake. I just, I've had stuff going on on the weekends to where I like – because, like, I would love to bake it on Saturday or Sunday. But uh, the past – this weekend I'm going to be out of town backpacking. And then last weekend I had something going on that I couldn't do it. So probably not this weekend, but next weekend I think I actually will bake my own. Get the, uh, it is get the starter and everything going. This it's awesome. Weekend. If you can Monday. find a bakery somewhere, like there's a bakery here that's down the street from me, and they sell a starter. Like you can apparently just walk in there and say, "Hey, I'd like to get some starter," and they'll give it to you. It's like three dollars. That's cool. So that's kind of a cool thing they do. I didn't. They don't like advertise that. Somebody told me that you got to just go in there and ask. ask but there's a bakery by me. I've not asked them for starter, but like they have incredible bread so i've gotten it from there they called it like viking bread it was like Oof. it wasn't sourdough it was Gets like me fired up i know it was good it was uh just had a whole the bunch of different grains in it powers oh it was definitely definitely some primal bread definitely some ancestral bread it was good it was thick you'd eat like one bite and you're like ooh, i don't know if i can eat all this because mm-hmm. it was like a very dense and it was full of different grains and um seeds too some different types of seeds in there i think it was good look up I, I looked it up and it's like not like just their thing i found that other people make it too so yeah if you're ever if you're out there and you want some try some new bread look up viking bread very good put a little butter on there yeah i'm gonna have to look that one up but uh where are you going backpacking so me and a guy i work out with he's uh he's a huge backpacker i've come to find out He's not really a hunter or fisher. Yeah, maybe fishes, but he doesn't hunt. Um, but he's uh, he goes backpacking like every weekend. So he asked me to go. Like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, awesome. And uh, he's telling me about it. And I guess we're gonna hike about seven or ten miles this weekend. Um, what's it called? Balsam Balsam Mountain. Hold on, he just texted me earlier. Let me pull it up here. It's over on the North Carolina side of the Smokies. And it is, it's a couple, like, we'll go over three different mountains. Here we go. So, it's the Plot Balsam Mountains, and the main mountains will be going over Water Rock Knob, Lynn Lowry, Lynn Lowry Mountain, and Plot Balsam Mountain. I don't know if you've heard of any of those, but there's a plane crash on uh, the Water Rock Mountain. This old, like, single prop plane in, like, the 70s or 80s went down. And, okay. I mean, there was no way to get the debris out, so... I mean, they they came and removed. Um, I, I'd have to look and see if the guys survived or not. But if they didn't survive, they removed the bodies. If you know they did survive, then obviously they're not there. Um, so they took. So like, there's no bodies there, but all, everything else of the plane is there. It's like the wings are kind of scattered. Like the front of the plane's kind of a hundred yards down through the woods. The main bodies all still connected in one part. It's very. I was looking at pictures, man. It's very cool. If you're out there listening, uh, water, if you want to Google it, Water Rock Mountain, you'll be plane crash. You'll be able to find it. And then I'm gonna post some. I'm gonna take a shitload of pictures of it because it just sounds so cool. This and, is uh, near uh, Maggie Valley, home of Popcorn Sutton. Yeah, the yeah. Legend. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be cold, but it's gonna get. It's gonna be cooler than where I'm at. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, getting up in those mountains, it's always way cooler. We went up. Um, we were in North Carolina also. Um, 
Roan Mountain, I guess. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I mean, it was still in the winter. I think it may have been in March. But we went up there, and they were still like seven inches of snow and like drifts on the mountain and stuff. Moses was running around having an absolute heyday. And that was still when he was pretty short. So he'd like get stuck in some of the bigger Oh, that's funny. But... Yeah, those yeah. mountains are still pretty tall over there. Um, the North, I always forget how much taller the North Carolina side is than the Tennessee side. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only really, like, uh, LeConte and – why is someone calling my work phone? Sorry, someone's calling my work phone right now. I'm not going to answer it, but it's just really loud because I'm using my work headset, so it normally goes to this, but it's blasting through my work computer. Um, anyways, though, gosh, that just, like, ruined my train of thought. Oh, yeah, so Tennessee side is, like, other than LeConte and um, what's the one that has, like, that dome? Clingman's Dome. Like, other than that, they're all pretty short mountains. Like, but then in the North Carolina side, majority of the mountains are over 5,000, closer to 6,000 feet. Right. So even, like, I was looking at the weather, and at night it's – They've had a few nights where it got below 60, but the majority of the nights are like the low to mid 60s. Yeah, that'll be good too. And the thing is, it won't be humid. No, that's there. that's the biggest thing. Like, there's zero zero humidity, like zero chance of rain. It's gonna be very nice. Pretty. It's wild to think. Let me ask you this: Do you think, as a man of Appalachia, do you consider Birmingham? <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama, do you consider that to be in the Appalachian Mountains? Okay, that's not where I thought you were going with this, but I wouldn't <laughs> consider that at all. A part of the, I, I used to, li- I lived there for a little bit when I was in middle school, and there is no Appalachian culture there at all. Yeah, I agree. I just, well, I, was, try to tell you? I was recently in Birmingham and was, as I do, and I look up everything and try to read the history of places, it was said on some of the things that I read nestled in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains and kept mentioning that and I was like no alright first know, off <laughs> maybe the literal hills pretty sure the tallest uh, tallest peak in Alabama is like maybe 1,000 feet above sea level maybe yeah, pretty pretty flat state to uh, Corey and I you know Corey Mm. For a while, we were talking about doing. Uh, I mean, obviously, the eventual dream was the 50 highest peaks. You know, so the highest peak in every state. Um, but for the beginning, we're like, okay, well, we can knock out the southeast pretty quickly, and we're in like mo- a lot of the east coast. So we we're looking at like Ohio and places like this, and it's like Ohio and like Louisiana or somewhere else like down. Maybe it was Alabama. The highest peak is like 200 feet. It's just like a little – it's like one of them is a hill on a college campus that was like a parking lot. It's just – a lot of those um, – the Midwest states are just like yeah, literally just like 100, 200 foot above sea level. Well, and what's weird is there's some – I want to say it's maybe Kansas that the highest point – it's like the farther you go west, the higher you get. And it's like you're going up a very low-grade ramp. Yeah. So, like, the lowest point is literally on the border of Kansas and Missouri. And then as you go west, right before you hit the border of Kansas and Colorado, you hit the highest point. 
Which would make sense if you think about it, because the Rockies are running, you know, right obviously through Colorado. Mm-hmm. So it would kind of make sense that Kansas, Nebraska, um, probably that edge of Oklahoma too. I guess Nebraska's probably the same way. Probably all of those states. North like and South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas. Oklahoma has look. I, they've got like the Ozarks a little bit to the to the Oklahoma. east. Do they? Yeah. I guess they do have a little bit to the far east of them. Texas has got a little bit of mountains, sort of. So I had a question for you now that because I'm looking at my map here too, and it made me think of it. Um, you sent me the image of the land in uh, America the other day, mm-hmm. and so I posted it to, to the Twitter. Uh, is that just federal owned land? That doesn't include state. Yeah, that's land, so. That's it? just federal. So that's national yeah, that's, parks, I, I put national that and I forest, thought so. Nat, so like, BLM, and then I think I can't remember what the fourth one was, but yeah, it doesn't include like state forest, state parks, WMAs, all that stuff. So that's why you really only see it out west, where there's just yeah. That's what I figured when I was looking at it, but I wanted to clarify for people. So if you listen to this and you didn't see the tweet that doesn't include state land because there's a lot more land than that in the u.s that you can go see that's just federally owned and federally managed so mm-hmm. um and it's couldn't have been better timing we were talking about that i don't want to get us too far into the weeds again with public land um but i was actually thinking about this why it's so important like a lot of people are like oh you know states rights yada 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 which don't get me wrong i'm all in state rights over federal rights except for kind of when it comes to these land issues because i was reading more into it and the way the laws are written so like that land that's owned by the federal government if they want to um one they can't ever sell it like Mm -hmm. it has to be like leased out like we were talking about and that money has to go back to either that park or you know another project involved with the outdoors has to be kept with I think it might even have to be kept in that park but I might be wrong on that but it has to be used in some extent you know with that state's wildlife with that state's outdoor resources if a state has control over a state park and their budgets are running low like they're they're going to come short on their budgets for whatever projects they're working on if uh certain if inner city schools are not getting enough funding they can sell off that state they can't lease out the land they can sell state-owned property yeah and it's gone forever and it's only going to that one project great example of that is alabama yep they sold they used to have so much public huntable public recreation in general not just we always talk about hunting but all of these public lands are you can go kayaking you can go you do, do all this almost other anything stuff. you want on them but you know alabama still and they still have some wmas but if you look at the amount of wmas in a state like you know what was what were we looking at the other day minnesota has minnesota 1600 plus it's like it's God wild how many they have and all of these states were given equal you know the federal government was like here you get this you get to manage yeah. this this is yours they didn't, you know you can make as many of these as you want and yeah. they just decided to sell it all yeah. and now they have almost none there's very very few WMAs in Alabama. so like they have one big one that's like 
you drive through it when you pass through like Andalusia going down to the beach if you're going down to like Destin you're going to drive through the yeah yeah Conoco State National Forest and there's a WMA that kind of connects in with that uh that's pretty much really the only one that I know of in Alabama I'm sure that there are others, but it's not. I mean, Arkansas. Arkansas has a ton of WMAs. Arkansas's got a ton. They've they've managed their land very well. But yeah, that's why these uh, this uh, Great American Outdoors Act is so important. And again, like when it comes to most issues, I'm on the side of states' rights. But states have shown time and time again to drop the ball when it comes mm-hmm. to this stuff. Mm-hmm. When when they're dealing with the animals themselves, they tend to do better. But like the actual right. physical chunk of land, they tend to fuck up. Which yeah. it doesn't. I guess it's because you can't sell the deer, you know, you can't sell the turkey or the pheasants or the doves or whatever. But I guess I, I don't know what. I guess it'd be an interesting thing to look into. But more often than not, like look at Alabama, that is a state Texas. that is decimated. It's Texas, Texas is decimated itself. There's, I think Texas might have, I think the fewest public land in the country yeah other than maybe Absolutely. like hawaii i might be it's one uh, of like the I have no idea lowest about that i i would just say hawaii maybe because it's so small you know what i mean but uh like texas is for how big it is and how it's thought of as a western state it is very much not public land friendly at all yeah and you would even think that like the BLM would be all over that western Texas, just I mean, Sahara it's, Desert, it's, it's nothingness, honey. and it's all privately owned. And a yeah. lot of that has to do with oil. I mean, they were like, oh, we can sell this to people. Have you ever oil. driven through Texas? I have not. So when you – I've driven – I had a – we can get into the details of it another time. But basically I drove from Texarkana, which is the border of Texas and Arkansas, to El Paso. And I drove down to San Antonio and over. So pretty much drove almost all of Texas. You'll be driving down the highway, and there'll be a billboard off in the distance, and it'll say, like, 60,000-plus acres for sale. A couple, like, $10, 20000000 million. Something insane. But 100,000 acres, you know, whatever. And that's what it is. There's no public land because it's all these giant parcels of land that were bought probably a hundred years ago and i don't know if they might not be owned by the same family they might still be owned by the same family doesn't really matter either way like it's just it's just sitting there desolate not being used not being managed yeah. it's it's really well, a lot of that Texas is too. a lot of that is like okay well how are the laws written as yep. far as the land in texas like you know some some states they talk about water rights so like in georgia if you own both sides of the river, you own that part of the river. Where yeah. in Tennessee, yeah, I don't think that's the too. case. But like, we could definitely get into that one day. The I want to say that most of the reason that all that land is, you know, like somebody would buy sixty thousand acres or whatever, six thousand acres, <clears throat> and pay that much money for it is because there's probably oil there, and you're just banking on well, maybe I'll make that back by finding oil and leasing it to one of these oil companies and you know then I can just say that I have a cool ranch in Texas so I just pulled it up and it's not going to the WMAs and stuff like that 
But again, we were just talking about the Bureau of Land Management system. <clears throat> Only 1.8% of Texas is is uh, federally owned. The other the other two lowest ones were uh, Iowa and Connecticut. But I mean, Connecticut is really small. Iowa probably kind of the same deal as Texas, where a bunch of families back in the day when it first opened up to settlers and pioneers probably bought. I mean, because Iowa's pretty. Uh, did I just mute myself? No. Iowa's you know a lot of farm country, so I'd imagine it's probably a similar situation happened, where just settlers came in and built giant ranches. You know, should be in a hunter's paradise, and it's well, I mean it is if you have money, but uh, you can still pay people to go hunt. Yeah, I'm there's sure tons you of private hunting. Just ask somebody like, hey, can I go hunt? And they're like, yeah, I don't care, but. Well, I was gonna say they have a bunch of uh, uh I don't I don't want to go down this road because I know I know we were trying to talk about fitness today, but we've kind of gotten off that already. Um, it happens. We were to Texas is and people are gonna be shocked by this. If you're uh, a listener out there, and one you probably already you know you're still learning about hunting as is. This is about to blow your mind. There's a concept in Texas called high fence hunting. Yeah, not a good thing. And that's why we have CWD, but we can get yeah, into that. Yeah, it is that. why we have – that's another <laughs> case. So we were just saying there's no public land, and it's because these ranches were all bought up. So because of that, people, you know, they have to hunt these private lands. So people have set up private hunting ranches, resorts, if you will, where – how? I mean, they have to build these fences tall because deer can jump pretty tall. How? I know – aren't some of these fences like – 15 feet or so feet tall if not more pretty damn tall but anyways the whole point is that they built these giant ranches fenced them in with these high wire fences and i don't know if they stock them with deer or if just they just breed whatever deer they already had in there yeah i want to say that it's like population you 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 end up with a thousand acres of deer property and maybe not let's not say a thousand let's say it's you know you have 200 acres and you have a herd of deer and so then you say okay well and that's the thing you call it they call it a herd like a herd of cattle yeah we're not going to because deer don't just stay in the same place especially the males they move around a lot so they're like yeah well, we're just going to make it where they can't go anywhere so nope. they build all these fences and then it's like okay well the only females to breed are here and so we're just going to breed these and so like your herd builds quicker and then on top of that because of um their breeding practices it's almost like these designer deer where they're all trophy bucks Mm -hmm. yeah they get big they have the they have more of a say of like you know again this deer can't move on to another piece of land so it's going to be there and if you say okay don't shoot that deer and you can keep saying that every year and it's going to get bigger and bigger and pass on those genes and like yep. you can you can select okay well this one you know doesn't have perfectly symmetrical antlers let's go ahead and take him out take his genes out of the pool so that this other deer with symmetrical antlers can make more symmetrical deer so they're more pretty and it's just an absolutely wild concept to me but yeah the whole cwd thing though is from the way that they feed them where they put all those mass feeders out and they're yeah. all just eating processed corn and i might be wrong on this but i think cwd started in texas and spread throughout the rest of the country from texas did it start there 
It did. Okay. So in it's the same people, thing as mad cow disease. Yeah. And it's just the basically turns him into a zombie. Like it, it pretty much eats away at I don't even know how to explain it, but it basically is a walking dead deer. Yeah, it's a neurodegenerative neurodegenerative disease. It's a big word. And so how it spreads though is like yeah. We've we've talked about big words on the cast. <laughs> um, yeah, smart boys. Big smart boys. But yeah, so if uh how it spreads, this disease is uh I mean you've seen what dogs do. You know, they sniff each other's butts, they touch noses. Um deer kinda do I don't know if they sniff each other's asses, but they touch noses. You know? And mm. so these deer will walk up to the edge of these high fences and there'll be a wild deer out there and like any animal would, you know, you'd want to greet this fellow creature. And so they go up and they butt his noses. Well, this deer that was in the cage that's been in this giant cage for so long has developed CWD and he's just uh, passed it on because he didn't social distance, didn't wear his mask. Social distancing. Didn't wear his mask out to the fence. And uh, so he spread it to this other deer who goes about his business and spreads it to more deer, spreads it to more deer, and next thing you know, this disease has gone from Texas all the way to Wyoming. Places like, far off places like Michigan have issues with it now. Yeah, it's in... It's in our state. Almost in, uh, all of the... All of the south has it. Well, I don't think that Georgia has it yet. I know Alabama does. I know Mississippi's got it bad. Mississippi uh, has it real bad. Mississippi's got it. Arkansas's got it. And West Tennessee has it. It hasn't gotten yeah, past. Yeah, West Tennessee's got it bad. Middleton. I don't As think it, it's even really in Middle Tennessee. It's it's pretty contained to like around Memphis, which yeah. is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> just stay um, over there. Just stay over there. It's not even the Tennessee. That's not even it's, Tennessee. It's it's really not. Um, well, what was I gonna say? Oh, it's and why it's a big deal is you know because we don't well one these deer die and it's just it's spreading it's gonna keep killing deer. But we don't really know if you can catch it from heat mm-hmm. consumption. Yeah, you most don't states deer enough for us to know if you can get it just from a living deer. You know. Yeah, most states have like, a, especially like if you're in a zone that is known to have CWD, like they make you get it tested, and they've honestly stopped putting limits on how many you can shoot because they're just trying to get people to shoot deer yeah. to try to eradicate it. I don't need to let um, you eat them. I guess if you test it and it's fine, they'll let you. Usually, eat it. yeah, I think that, and I could be wrong about this, but I usually want to think that like you have to do something with the spinal cord, and you mm. take it in and you get it tested, but you can freeze the meat and like take it somewhere and keep it frozen, and then when you find out, like, because they'll tell you whether or not. It's got it or not. It's got it or not. And then if you find out that it doesn't, you can be like, cool, I'll go get my deer. And then if it does, you're just like, cool, throw it away. Is there a limit on CWD? Is there a bag limit? Or is it kind of like those bonus? I mean, mm. or do they just kind of let you go at it? I don't know. Let's look and see what let's see what Arkansas says. Because I know they have way more than a lot of people because they're so close to Texas. I think that yeah. Arkansas, other than Texas, Arkansas, I think is the most... It's a shame that it was allowed to happen, and it's a lot of it comes back to just poor land management practices. I mean, it all comes back to that. CWD related. Arkansas has a really good fishing game. So does it stem from a bacteria that grows on the feed? 
Is that how it all starts, I'd imagine? Or some sort of... Yeah, I guess some sort of bacteria? I'm honestly not sure. Okay, so here's what it says. Special deer regulations within the CWD management zone. Button bucks do not count toward a hunter's two buck seasonal limit within the management zone. Any buck may be legally harvested. All antler point size restrictions have been removed. So that must mean they have a limit to normal areas. Their limit, their bag limit has been increased. So it's not just free game. Oh, here, this is what most people do. So if you're, there's two things they'll do. If you're a landowner, you can apply and get more deer tags so that you can shoot more deer on your private land. But I'm pretty sure that some other people do it to where if you go and you shoot a deer and it tests positive, they pretty much act like you didn't shoot that deer. They're like, okay, well, you like, let's say your bag limit is four does. Oh, okay. But if you, you if shoot a doe, deer, then it still counts for you. Yeah, if if it's clean, it still counts. But if it is a positive one, they're like, okay, well, you just get your you get that number back, which is kind of cool that they would yeah. do that. Especially because the whole point of hunting is to eat the deer. So at least they understand that. Something I didn't know until just now is that there's apparently elk in Arkansas. So this is why you can't eat it because it's heat resistant. So you can't really kill it. Mm. So this is, it's not really saying, I i looked like what causes it? Where does it come from? It doesn't really say. It just says it's a prion, which is a type of protein virus or protein bacteria, whatever. I'm not a doctor. Um, that, yeah, like we said, it gets in the brain and it basically just deteriorates the brain enough to the point where the deer just slowly over time, um, loses normal bodily function uh it doesn't want to eat because it doesn't know how to eat anymore like it literally just doesn't know what eating is it doesn't know what food is it just it loses its ability to be a normal animal that's entire purpose is to survive and uh repopulate the prop uh, the population you know like it just completely degrades the brain enough where it can't even understand its one sole purpose of existence and then it just eventually dies because it just it it says they they mostly die from starvation, like because they don't know yeah, how to eat like anymore. They just forget how to eat and they just kind of like walk around. Weird. It can kill them in other ways too, but it was just saying that's one of the a big way that it kills them. It just starves itself to death. Scary, scary. What a way to yeah. go. Having a purpose Forgetting is how important. To eat. I definitely don't purpose. forget how to eat. I eat a lot, a lot. I've been trying to eat more, eat a lot better too. I've been eating better since we started this podcast. I mean, I've, I mean, since we've started, I've actually been eating great. I haven't slipped up once. Um, but I was like, you know, I gotta, I can't just sit here and talk about this on the podcast. I gotta practice what I preach. So like, since and this is on episode five, so five weeks now, I, I don't know really the last truly unhealthy thing I had, you know. I went yeah, to Mexican a few nights ago, but even then I was like, let me get the steak. And that was, that was it, you know, it was a steak, steak thing. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I enjoy eating a lot, but I feel like when you're eating stuff that's like really clean, 
you don't feel as no well, obviously you don't feel as bad after you eat like you know how when you eat some big meal like you go eat a pizza and trust me i do this i will eat an entire pizza by myself yeah but, but afterwards you're just like Phew. if you what go eat like a clean big like you know you cook a big wild game steak with garden green vegetables and like maybe some brown rice cooked in bone broth or something just like all yeah you know, all the great things and then you're like full but you just have like this full energy you don't feel done. bloaty you don't feel heavy um what i was gonna add too is like like you just said you can eat a full pizza um think how much fuller you are um or i guess compare that huge pizza to a steak like a steak is barely the size of one pe- slice in most cases and like you eat that one steak and you're full you're good to go mm-hmm. you can't just eat one slice of pizza and be full you got to eat like half to whole the pizza it's just it's it's crazy how much more full you get off of uh, real eating and that's what's so i've been shedding weight really too in my i was telling you before this um finally broke my deadlift pr that i've been stuck at for quite some time and I haven't focused on deadlifting itself and since probably January. I don't even know the last time I actually deadlifted before today was. It's definitely not deadlifting for strength at least. Maybe doing like a CrossFit workout that had some deadlift in it, but I wasn't doing like a, like a strength building cycle on it or anything. You know, I wasn't trying to break a PR today. But I, I did uh, 395 and I was like, ooh, that felt pretty easy. So I slapped 10 more pounds on there and did 415. I was like shit if I hadn't worked out before this I could do a lot more um and but really the last five weeks man I have I haven't deadlifted in five weeks that was the first time in five weeks I've deadlifted at least if not longer probably I don't think I've deadlifted since quarantine started to be honest so since yeah no since February or March whenever it started I have not deadlifted and really the only thing I've done differently the past five weeks since we've started this podcast is just uh, going back to the episode three, reading the labels, man, I've uh, cut out so much shit from the diet. Um, and I wasn't eating terrible before, you know, I just wasn't eating eating everything I should be, you know, and not eating everything or eating some things I shouldn't have been. But since we've started, man, it has been just a total 180 on how I feel, sleep better, but I feel, um, I've been sleeping like nine to ten hours a night, which is another thing we can talk about on an episode. I think we should get into is sleep, but I think a lot of that stems from food. Past two weeks, I've been working out twice a day, and I feel more energy than I ever have. I feel like when I was in high school, because it, it occurred to me two weeks ago, I was like, you know, I used to go to, I used to have weightlifting class or or PE where we did something, and then I'd go to hockey practice, and then I would, you know, just work out at my house i was like i was working two to three times a day every day right you know and i was like i'm not old like i'm only 10 years older than when i was in high school like i I can still work out two times a day if not more and so i've been forcing myself to do it and now today broke a pr on deadlift when it was my third workout of the day first of all (laughs) like what other results can you ask for than that than when it's your third workout of the day immediately after a high intensity 
rowing based workout where we rowed over 3000 meters, you know, like, yeah, that's, you can't ask for more than that. And it's all comes down to diet. I agree. And didn't you say that you used to be, I don't remember if, how long ago it was, but I remember you telling me about you working with a guy who used to be like an Olympic lifter, not like I in did. the Olympics, but he was like a competitive Olympic style so he lifter. wasn't in the Olympics yet. He wasn't in the Olympics. He was on the alternate team. So if someone on the USA team had gotten like sick or got injured, he was going to the Olympics. Um, it was like in the late nineties and early two thousands when he was competing. Uh, he's, and he's legit. He showed me all the paperwork, like from the Olymp from the Olympic committee that has his name on it. He's got That's photos awesome. with, um, gosh, I can't remember some of the coaches he's got, he's been training all over the world. Um, before I moved to where I'm at now is when I was working out with him. He, he said he was going on vacation. I was like, Oh, where are you going? And you know, when someone tells you they're going on vacation, you expect to hear like the beach, you know, Mexico, something like that. Nope. This guy was going to, uh, Czechoslovakia to train with a deadlifting coach there or no, not Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria. He was going to Bulgaria to, uh, for, a, for two weeks to uh, weight train for vacation. And I was like, that's incredible. I saw him yeah, do a behind the cool. back push press that was over 300 pounds. I think it was, I, I know it was at least 315, but it was insane. Behind the back push press at 315. Like, he he deadlifted well over 600 pounds. It was, and it was like nothing to him. It was unbelievable to watch. And so I trained with him for a while, and he, he taught me some setup, or he taught me a really good program. And um, and it was the pro. It's the same program that the U.S. Olympic team uses to this day. And I I don't know. I guess I'll post it. I don't know if I'll get in trouble. I don't think we're big enough yet to get in trouble. But I have I have no problem posting it. Um, but it helped me tremendously. It took me from. I mean, it can't be like a secret. No, I mean, at the end of the day, it's wait. He told me, so it can't be any kind of secret. But yeah. I had never heard of it though before him. Um. Let me see. I, th I used to have a photo of it on my phone. I, I know I still do, but it's a pretty basic concept if I remember right. But the biggest thing that I learned from him is that 9 out of 10 people, and this goes for not just for deadlifts, but specifically deadlifts is huge. Um, but 9 out of 10 people, if they have 10 people lined up next to their deadlifting, 9 of those guys are over exhausted and they don't realize they are by the time they're done warming up because they spend so much time building up to where they're like finally ready to do that one rep max that they're mm -hmm. they don't feel like they're spent but people don't realize how much um neurological stress the deadlift is because you're gripping one of the biggest change life-changing techniques as well if you haven't heard this andy or for anyone listening um for a deadlift a lot of people don't realize this, and this this changed mine a few years ago. My deadlift PR went up by almost 100 pounds just from this alone. Was you need to put a def grip on it and squeeze the bar as hard as you can. And it sounds stupid. It sounds like common sense, but there's a lot of people that don't understand that. Like it's well. So do you do do you do like the um like inverse hand grip like I do where your hands yeah. are 
Well, and that's thought, another thing he taught me too. And this is something that go ahead. like this is obvious. I don't understand like this kind of weightlifting, but I feel like that is just using different muscles in each year, so you're not getting like a symmetrical workout. Or do you that's, switch your hands? That's something I asked him about too, and he was just like, "This is what he said to me." And again, this is a guy who's on the U.S. Olympic team up until ten years ago. He was like, "Well, ask yourself this." Do you want to be a bodybuilder or do you want to deadlift 500 pounds? You know, do you want to deadlift 600 plus pounds? Right. Like, if you want to get really, really fucking strong, deadlift insane weight, then don't worry about, you know, the over under grip. Like, and to and also if you look at guys that are lifting that much weight and are supinating their grip is the term for it. Like, there's no muscle deformity. Like, you'd have to do it every single day may i don't even know if then it would make a difference like i've always done it and i mean i don't have any kind of muscle weakness you know it doesn't i i don't i don't look my left lat isn't smaller than my right lat my left quad is not smaller than my right quad because at the end of the day you're doing so many other exercises right. that are going to supplement that to where this one deadlift and again, if you're deadlifting properly, like you shouldn't be doing more than 15 to 20 reps in a session. So this 15 to 20 reps you're doing in once a week is being offset by the entire rest of your back workout or the entire rest of your leg workout. That it just, and when you're doing arms, you, so your grip's not, it's just, it's kind of a moot point. You know, it just doesn't, it's not going to do anything over the long term. That was kind of a long answer for a short question, but. Yeah, it definitely makes more sense. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's not, it's, if you're going to lift a shitload of weight, then do the grip, and it's not going to do anything wrong to your body. Um, yeah, long answer. Well, I was going to say something else. Oh, okay. So, yeah, like you have these 10 guys, and nine of them can't break their PR by the time it's comes time to lift that PR and it's because like I just said you shouldn't be doing more than 20 deadlifts a week and you shouldn't max out more than um, a lot of guys max out way too often too you shouldn't max out more than four times a year is basically what he taught me he's like in the Olympics all those strength training he's done growing up since uh, high school through college and then on to the Olympic team they maxed out two to four times a year you know they'd max out like yeah, once in the physical sense. quarter and it's just because it's so taxing on your body. Like, if you're if you're a beginner to weightlifting and you can't, oh no, I take that back. Because at the end of the day, it's still proportional to your your mental strength and your spinal erectors and your quads, your hamstrings and uh, your lower back muscles are still you know it's all the same stuff. Like you really shouldn't be deadlifting a lot. And a lot of people come in and do like these. They'll do like they'll slap 135 pounds on the bar so they'll put a 45 on each side and they'll pull that 10 times and that's their first set and I used to do this so I'm using myself as an example and then okay I'll put 225 on there so that's you know two plates and I'll do that 10 times I'm already fucking 20 reps in on a grip heavy workout before I've even thought about real weight yet mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they're like so and this is like I said this is what a lot of people do and a lot of beginners do this you already spent you already you're 20 reps into this workout on set number two and now after what you just called your two warm-up sets okay well now you gotta start tacking on weight 
okay, well, now how many sets? Now most people may break it down to five reps on their next set. Okay, well, now you're at 25 reps and you're still not even within 30% of your one rep max? No. So by the end of this time, a lot of these guys are getting up there 30, 35 plus reps before they even go for their one rep max. How could you pick something up? Yeah, you're just gassed. Times. You're completely gassed, but you don't even realize it because it just it seems like it's only one rep. You're like I got this, but no, you're like your energy's gone. So what he was telling me to do is, you really should only do at most seven sets. Like that's it. And so your first two sets are going to be, your first set can be five reps. Your second set should be three to five reps. And then just go by singles until you feel like you can either hit your PR or if you're going up to like 90%, basically that's what you want to do is uh, your, your first two sets, five reps, then three to five reps, and then one reps, maybe two if you really want to push it. But even that's like you really shouldn't. Um, and then on your fifth or sixth set, go for that. If you're trying to max out, then go for your max out. But if you're not, if you're just in this strength training, and I'll, I'll put the actual numbers, this is when you're going to hit that maybe your 70% of your one rep max, or maybe your 80 or your 90, however long you are in the program. And so that's it. You're done there. You shed the weight off down to like 60% of your one rep max. So it's barely half of what your weight, your total weight was. And that's when you start doing more of these maintenance sets. And even then, he's like, again, people come in here, and they'll do a 10 rep set just completely destroys your grip completely deteriorates your muscles beyond what they need to be worked and it completely just ta taxes the mental system the the brain your entire neuro system just being taxed he's like even on these um you should be doing no more than five reps and do three to five sets that's it just it just kind of depends on where you're at along in this program that i'll post is how many sets and how many reps you're going to be doing but at the end of the day you're looking at less than 25 reps in a in a deadlift session and you're doing that <clears throat> for a pretty long cycle before you max out again just because it's so taxing and people don't realize it yeah i need to get and i'll send this to you for sure because i know you really want to start building up a little bit more strength and it's an incredible program it's easy to follow it's probably easier than I'm making it sound. <laughs> yeah, and it's all just about, it's like everything. You just got to be consistent with it. And I'm sure that technique has a lot to do with that too, because if you're not doing it the right way, you can obviously hurt yourself, especially yeah. getting up to doing, like you were doing over 400 pounds. Like that's yeah. a, a lot of and weight. That, that felt, and that was the thing too, man, is I'm upset that I did it today because I didn't do it fresh. And I did, I pulled 415 and I was like, man, I think I could maybe do 450 if I was fresh. You got it next time though. I think I'll probably, I'll probably just train like my, like I could have done 425 for the next six weeks and then just absolutely push it come like October or September, whatever six weeks is. Yeah, throw 450 on there. Yeah, because I, my main goal, I'd like to get to 500 by the end of the year, which that would be. It's crazy to think about to me, but then I think about like that's half of what the deadlift world record is that uh, half four Bjornsson just set. 
I think actually what was this that he just did? <clears throat> I think it's eleven hundred pounds. It's either like a thousand or eleven hundred. I think he I think he pulled more than I know he pulled more than a thousand before, but I think he tacked like a hundred extra pounds onto that something. One thousand one hundred and four point five two pounds. Five hundred and one kilograms. It's just insane. That's a car. <laughs> he himself weighs four hundred and twenty five pounds. Uh okay, he weighs what? Four twenty five? So he said? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Here. I was making sure that I read that right. <laughs> I feel like you have to. <laughs> Four what? Four twenty five. Okay. So I weigh less than half his body weight. And I'm just trying to do some math here. So I'm I'm, I'm half of the pound. You're trying to convince is. yourself that you're just a strong pound. I am. Pound. <laughs> Eleven. You said 1,100 what? One thousand one hundred and four point five two. Okay, point five two. Got to get that in there. Okay, so he is point. Let's just say this: he is he he himself weighs thirty eight percent of what he deadlifted today, or not today. What he's deadlifted, he's he's lifted thirty. He is thirty eight percent of that weight on the bar. Mm -hmm. I. Damn, he's got me beat. I'm 45% though, so it's close. Coming for you, half four. Coming for you. If I if I lost 10 pounds, am I not theoretically pound for pound heavier or stronger than half four? I don't know. The amount that that bar is bending, <laughs> I'm watching. It's crazy. I'm watching the video of this, and the bar is just like a U. It's in, like the weights themselves are barely off the ground, <laughs> but like the middle of the bar is at like his waist. It's nuts. What is that stuff that they always sniff? Oh, that's in? cool. I've been thinking about ordering some of this stuff. I just I don't I don't lift enough weight. I don't know. Maybe now now that I'm in the I'm over four oh five. Maybe I can. Um, it's smelling salts. So the stuff you get they give you if you like black out the smell, um, to like wake you up. Hmm. I don't know if they still do that in hospitals, but they used to. <laughs> um, a lot of it's really prevalent in weightlifting, obviously, because it just like I don't know. I don't. I'm not taking it, but from what I've seen and what it looks like, it just it's pretty much a jolt to the nervous system. And I've also read um, hockey players will take it before shifts. Sometimes when they're on the bench, they'll take a whiff of it. And then football players, um, apparently linemen, will take it before. Which is kind of funny because, like, I get it more so for hockey because I'm not going to go off on a tangent on hockey since I get to play. But basically, hockey, you shouldn't be on the ice for more than 30 to 45 seconds at a time. Um, so it makes sense why you would take it on the on the bench real quick because it's going to last about that long. But if an offensive lineman uses it before four sets of downs, I mean, we've all watched football. He's out there for, like, five minutes. So it's, like, it's yeah. really only going to last him for, like, one play if he even gets out there for the play call like that's not even considering like the amount of time it takes for the QB and the offensive coordinator to come up with the play you know and then by the time they run the fucking clock down to one second that shit's way worn off so I don't really like in practice or in theory it makes sense why a full player would use it but just in practicality it doesn't make sense why a lineman would use it but it basically is just a giant jolt to your system 
Yeah, it says also known as ammonia inhalants. <clears throat> yeah, so I was trying often, to think of what chemical it is. It's often used to arouse consciousness. Yeah, and so if you're already awake, it's just like you get that third eye. Active active chemical content is ammonium carbonate. Aromatic spirits of ammonia. So you can get that with your beetroot. <laughs> on Amazon, makes that under up. twenty bucks, and uh, bring us full circle here, man. You're not even fucking half of what uh, Soul Bra is charging you to learn how to cook a steak. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can I? Man, I can get, I can get down on some. I get on these Wikipedia black yeah. holes of just start looking at stuff, and I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? Oh, you're just one. You're you're one more link away from God knows where. Yeah, this says here it is. In 2005, Michael Strahan estimated that 70 to 80 percent of National Football League players were using smelly salts. Smelling I mean, it's not salts. like it's a steroid or anything, you know. I just I don't get why you would use it in football because it's probably not even gonna. It's probably gonna wear off before that first play is even yeah. liked. The only other, I mean, it's everything that you said. Powerlifting, strongman, and ice hockey are the only yep. sports listed other than football. I was thinking maybe baseball for a minute, you know. But other than the pitcher, it just wouldn't make sense. But, like, I, I thought about maybe at first if you wanted to go up and swing the bat. But, again, like, we've all watched a baseball game. You're probably going to be up there for quite a few minutes before. You're going to be up there for more than 45 seconds before that first pitch is thrown. And they never swing at the first pitch, not to get in a baseball strategy. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of hockey players use it there on the bench. And they just go out there and blast up and down the ice, come back, take another whiff, blast up and down the ice. The third picture on Google Google Images is of the sheriff just hammering one. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't know. That's funny. The sheriff is Peyton Manning, for anybody listening that doesn't know. That's so funny that he's hammering one. That was probably when he was uh, knee-deep in neck surgeries. I guess neck-deep in neck surgeries. Yeah, that's when he was at Denver. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. That makes <laughs> more... <laughs> there you go. It's just a bunch of... There's so many pictures of him with that big, like, oval red spot on his forehead oh from his helmets. So funny. Gosh. Did I tell you about Absolute the one workout budget. we did? It was either – it had been Monday because my legs still hurt. <laughs> um, after the workout, after the main workout, we did – I don't know why we, they had told us to do this. I don't know why I participated. Um, but we did 50 pistol squats, so 25 Ooh. each leg. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've gotten to where I can do them without any kind of brace or any – or like a lot of people do it where they sit down onto like a – block or whatever mm -hmm. um but I, I can do them freestanding now and it wasn't that bad until i got to about 15 on each leg when i was at around 30 i was like this is starting to get pretty painful and then as soon yeah, as i was done it, a lot man yeah man it's they're still sore and that was the only like we didn't do any other like kind of squats that day that's just such a uh such a balanced muscle heavy like it's not just you're not working your glutes and your like major leg muscles like you're working the tiny muscles that never oh, you get can, you can feel it in your feet 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really. I see. I do more of stuff like that on a regular basis than like large muscle group. Like I do a little bit of large muscle group stuff, but I work so many of those like balance muscles because it just keeps you from getting yeah. injured. That's what I've been trying to focus on more too lately. Is a uh, because I was doing like the we were talking about the heavy deadlifts and stuff, which I still do that. But that's like all I was doing was like powerlifting movements, like the big four movements, like squat, bench, and deadlift, and overhead press. Like that's all I would do. And so I got, I was a very athletic kid growing up, all through high school. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say in college because I, we can talk about that another day when we talk about spirituality and religion. But fell off the beaten path in a lot of ways in college, and I'm still upset about it and still recovering. You know, five years later. Um, from the mistakes I made in college in more than one way but I was very athletic growing up and I lost almost all not I'm not gonna say I lost almost all of it but I've been um, having to focus a lot more lately on regaining a lot of that athletic ability like doing handstands handstand push-ups handstand walks still suck at those but I'm getting them better um, pistol squats like we were just talking about huge for athleticism um, pull-ups you know been working towards a muscle up can almost get a muscle up now which is awesome uh doing a lot of ring work just gymnastics rings, and rings are killer oh yeah at the climbing gym at the climbing gym i used to go to we would have to do like when i was in high school and i did climbing team stuff they made us do work on rings and i was just like God, i hate the rings. that'll get your grip man right there it's, it's, i don't think there's any, other than deadlifting i don't think there's anything better for your grip than a like a, than a uh, gymnastic ring pull up. I mean, pull ups are good for your grip, but when you're doing them on the rings, man, that is mm-hmm. ooh, it's something else. Yeah, and then again, you're working on those balance muscles, those tiny little muscles that, because you know, rings are obviously not as they're not at all as stable as just a bar. Like a bar is not going to move. Like you're just having yep. to move and jerk around. But like with a ring, you know, your hands are going in three-dimensional space you know they're going around and around i guess that's really just two-dimensional space but you're, you're yeah no, the rings like... spin on you you gotta it's it's very different movement yeah i don't i don't like the rings i love the rings but i hate the rings i i'm the same way i've started doing my toes bar movements i remember when i showed you those i've gotten um a lot better at those since then. I figured out how the technique goes better, so I'll have to show you mm-hmm. next time I come back down. Like I remember when we were doing it, I could barely knock. I could, I couldn't really string together a lot just because I would start to. Again, it comes down to athleticism too, but like I wasn't bracing my core enough, and so I was kind of like you just lose control. But now I could knock out like ten in a row without losing any kind of control. So I'll have to show you that. And again, it comes that down to core is... strength and athleticism, man. Yep core strength is so important in just every single thing that you do huge could not be more important absolutely well man I uh, I think that we blew past our I just saw the time and I was looking of, at my phone sort of our thing I think we were hitting I don't even know how long it is but I know it's well I texted you at, at... I texted you at 8.15 that I was hopping on. So we probably, I don't think we're probably too much, maybe 20 minutes over. Yeah, that's not too bad. Good topics. Covered yeah. a lot of good things. Solved a lot of problems. We did. Brought it back around to fitness. So, 
And I'll definitely post. I'll send you that that graph for sure and walk you through it. And I'll also post it as well. Cool. Um, for everyone listening. Yeah, that'll be awesome. But... All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening again. This has been such a cool thing to do. And were you we able to look at how many listeners we had before this? Because I know we've we've gained even more, really, just with how lucky we were with that the Outdoors Act being passed the same day as we released that episode about it. Yeah, so officially passed. You know, we're up to like one twenty-five now. Wow. So, and it's really not been that many days since we recorded the last one. No, I mean it's it's today's Thursday and it was out Monday and I think a lot of people listen to it on the weekend is kind of what I'm getting at mm-hmm. or, or people on Fridays or Saturdays and Sundays it seems like people are listening more so interesting yeah I wish I could see a little bit more I need to get on uh... and again that's just an answer that I've heard from a few people that's that might not even be the majority We'll do. But I tried to get the big Donald Trump, Donald Trump retweet. Didn't happen. So maybe maybe next time. He's got a few it. more things he's tweeting about. <laughs> I did get a bunch of random boomers, though, liking it after when I. <laughs> <laughs> they just go in like everything that mentions Donald Trump. We just and like someone, someone tweeted at me saying, like, who are these guys wearing these masks? And I was like, oh, fucking nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got to wear a mask. It was that was that was pretty funny, but uh, didn't mean to carry on. Let's wrap her up. Oh man! All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks everybody. Uh, keep coming back to the campfire. See you guys soon.